Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens. He's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, I'm good. How are you? Life is great. It's all going good. I went uh, to Boston last weekend where it was 75 and sunny, and I come home to Atlanta where it's, you know, 97 and sunny. So About the same here. About the same there. That's exactly right. 90 plus and sunny, but uh, so it's... I thought a good topic. We were talking about this a little bit offline before we got started, which uh, Dan Kennedy is kind of on his deathbed. And, and we both read the letter of, that he sent out this morning, which was kind of a marketing letter, we thought. Which Anyway, but let's call this thing. Um, a tribute how, to Dan Kennedy. How about <laughs> a, a tribute to Dan. I like, I like your title, you know, how Dan Kennedy made me $50 million. The $50 million sales letter that Dan Kennedy helped me create. I will, not directly. He didn't even know he helped me create. He didn't even know. All right. How Dan, Dan Kennedy helped you make $50 million. Go. Let's interview you. So Dave Mulvaney today here. You're a big Dan Kennedy fan, as am I. Tell me some of the lessons you learned from Dan Kennedy. Well, first, let's uh, start with, uh, yeah, the Dan Kennedy. Um, if you haven't heard, he um, he wrote a letter this past, uh, I believe, two or three days ago and sent it to his uh, GKIC group. And basically, he was moving into hospice and his time was going to be very short. So um, like a good copywriter would do, he he is, he he's his. His letter set up his company to keep going. His letter was a marketing letter. Hey, I'm going away, but the company's going to keep running. You know, Adam's got the reins and he's going to keep running. It was like a marketing letter. It was great. Pass the baton. So, um, to quote the Glengarry Glenn Ross, ABC, right? Always, or a, what does he say? Always be yeah. selling? Well, um, I would say, or always be closing. I'm sorry, that was his thing. So I would say, uh, in Dan's case, it's always be copywriting. Always be copywriting. I like that. Yeah. So the ABCs of Dan Kennedy's always be copywriting. And that's what he did on his way out, which is kind of cool. Which is kind of uh, cool. And we should say Dan Kennedy is the father kind of of direct marketing, right? He really is known. Direct, get a response marketing, education marketing. Those are all the different types of terms we might have heard for it, Dan. It goes a little further back. And I was seeing if I had the book on my desk, Claude Hopkins, um, many years ago, is probably one of the original copywriters. But uh, Dan is certainly um, the one. When it came to direct mail, he was one of the one of the most well known here of the of the last probably forty years. So, in two thousand one or two thousand two, I read the Ultimate Sales Letter. Okay. I don't know if that looks backwards on on camera, but no, no, it shows up right. Um, and in that. Um, but I read it in about 2002, and I was—I uh, learned that through reading that. This is now you got to remember, Google really got its started in 1998, um, maybe even a little earlier. But it really, the internet wasn't really taken off, and so this right. is 2002, and um, I'm reading about this direct mail thing in sales letters, and I start—I start, I start kind of using. Um, sales letters as instead of brochures and marketing materials in right. my business. But then in, uh, in about late, late 2004, early 2005, um, I had a company V blocks, which we were an electrical manufacturer and we manufactured in and around the uh, uh, unique, uh, I would say niches in the electrical marketplace and uh, products had increased efficiency, reduced downtime, protected from lightning inserted stuff like that. Well, um, it was 
in 2005 when a company accused us of being an imposter as if we were knocking off their products, like making copies of their products. Now we had, I, I had said sometimes I'd never heard of these guys. I had heard of them, but I had never seen, we didn't, we weren't making anything even remotely similar to their products. I mean, it, it was, um, and at first when I, the way I found out is they literally had me on their website. So I went home one Friday night and I was so pissed off at, at this guy um, who, who was the owner of this particular competitor that I didn't know they were a competitor, um, that I, I literally, I wrote a, uh, a 30 page sales letter. Okay. And the, the sales letter was called energy savings without getting scammed. And, um, <laughs> so you have to understand though, I knew what I was doing in terms of, of, I, I had a target market. At the time, I was trying to grow my business uh, by attracting distributors to resell our product. Okay. So I knew my target market. And Step I one. knew that, that the same target market was these, my competitors' target market. Okay. So I literally, I created a website that was a spoof website, literally, that, um, that had their name all over my, I optimized my entire website, making fun of them using their company name, a completely anonymous website, not connected to me or anyone else, but with a anonymous link in on the bottom of the website. Hey, I found this guy who said, uh, who, who wrote this book called energy savings without getting scammed. And if you want to get it, it's free. And so that link, um, so I optimized the site to his company website, and I also put, uh, I was running Google AdWords. And um, within two weeks, we were literally, if you did a search for their company name, my, my spoof site came up number two in unpaid search right under their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that particular spoof website, which if, if you want to talk about a lead funnel, that led them into a free download of an ebook, okay, okay, which was a 30 page sales letter on how to recognize any scam in the energy marketplace. It positioned me as an expert in the industry uh, because I was, but at the, I wasn't the only expert, but it positioned me and it threw them under the bus. And uh, so that was- They didn't meet the criteria of your definition of avoiding a scam. They were a scam. And so that book, that ebook was downloaded over 30,000 times over a six year period of time. And um, it was through those distributors that came in during that period of time that over those six years, uh, we did over $50 million of business. So one, um, you know, not in a year, but over that six year period of time, actually, if you take that out all the way to, you know, the, um, you know, 15 years, it's probably closer to $80 million during that period of time from, right. but uh, our marketing changed, the ebook changed multiple times. But the point is, that's, is what I just described is exactly how it still works today. You, you, we were talking offline about a recruiter, uh, you, you have a, uh, that you were talking about a recruiter was trying to attract clients. And, um, and when I say attract clients, he, he he wasn't looking for job hunters, right? He was right. trying He's to- He's for the people that are trying to hire a VP of sales, a VP of production, right? These guys make 150, 300,000 a year. So he's looking for the hiring 
manager, the guy that's trying to hire those people, which is, he said, it's going to be a HR representative. It's going to be the president, the CFO, the CEO of a company, right? But you, exactly what you just said, you knew your target market was the same as that guy's target market, which was distributors. It was basically, it was entrepreneurs who were looking uh, for a unique product to sell in the energy energy saving, cost saving uh, business, which is so very, is perfect. That's your target market. So we talked about exactly the same right now over the literally Matt, the last two weeks, I've been writing a, I, it's now 27 page, 27 pages. I've completed it today. I mean, right. adding everything it's 27 page sales letter that, um, but it's really informative. It's, it's a book basically. What's the title? What's the title? Um, this is just what I, I'm not even, I'm not using, I'm not creating a, a booklet. I'm, it's just what I'm calling a distributor prospectus. Okay. So when, um, you know, somebody considering being a lifetime lights distributor, um, they've got, they've got, they can read all about the opportunity. They can read about all the, you know, all the negatives in the industry, all the positives, but it really gives them a good overview of who we are as a company and where we're going. But it's, again, it's very similar. The only, the only difference is, um, the prospectus comes after um, that would be technically step three. So with the $50 million sales letter, they, right. they were attracted initially through Google AdWords, but then through organic search. So I got right. to be, but look, if you, if it didn't matter if it was all Google AdWords, cause it was costing me about at the time, probably 20 cents a click. Okay, back in 2004, not a lot of people were using AdWords, but maybe 20 to 25 cents a click, that means somebody clicked on my ad. But for every distributor I brought in, the average opening order was 65 grand. So I think we had calculated for every um, $1,000 I spent on AdWords, it was bringing in about 20 times that. Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, that when you have an ad that's working that well, um, some would say, well, you just, why didn't you just spend, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month? If you have an online digital business, you can do that. But if you got to make the products, you got to deliver them, you got to install them, you got a lot of moving parts. It's not always easy to scale, which I learned a lot about business at that time. If you really look at it, that was the problem in my business was that I couldn't scale because of a lot of processes that weren't in place. So if you're watching this video, if you don't build processes, you're going it, to, it'll, it'll kill you. I mean, it killed my, you know, V-Blocks went out of business, um, you know, eventually went chapter 11. Um, you know, it was broke by 2016 because as in order to grow, I, I kept bringing on more debt and during very tough time of 2009. And um, what really should have happened is I should have really kicked in another big lead magnet and, and grew enough to, so we didn't have that debt. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I was well, lesson learned, right? I mean, that's, but let's go back to this. What we're talking about here is so Dan Kennedy, the father of direct marketing and sales letter, the fifty million dollars sales letter, kind of like we're talking about this, is that you knew your target market was distributors. Yeah, you uh, had a funnel that we created, or you created to get in there, and then you said uh, select your single target market, which you did, and then you said let's compel and educate and motivate. That's what we talk about, and that's what the letter does. I call it almost like a checklist where how to evaluate scams in the energy business, right? How to choose a good recruiter, right? Problems with hiring VP executives. Well, you know, right? 
if we're talking about a recruiter, I mean, I always look at a great title is always something that is on the controversy. Now you could, you know, uh, uh, titles that are seven ways to X. Right. Those work very well. Um, you know, and for some reason, odd numbers work better than e- it. Believe it or not, if you split, yep. odd numbers always work better. I don't know why. Um, always above three, you know, so it's going to be five, seven. Um, if you got 27 ways, that's a little long and complex, uh, maybe a, in a book, but not in a, uh, um, in a free lead magnet. But the point is, if I were um, a recruiter and I needed uh, companies who, let's say my target was people who were who hiring VPs, and those VPs were going to get 200 grand a year. So the recruiter typically gets 30% of the first year's salary. So that's a $60,000 deal for the recruiter if he can land a company who's looking for a VP. So um, I would actually use reverse psychology. In other words, how, and we talked about this offline, how much is it going to cost you to make a higher yeah a bad hire of a vp i mean it's going to take you 18 months so it's 18 months you're going to be out you know 300 over three hundred thousand dollars. um you got to replace them it's going to be a two-year cycle so you're really out i mean you're out far more plus all of the health insurance all the other costs that are associated with a bad hire and i would really bang that message home and if you did that well then that's a good lead magnet. Because if I'm a company president and I'm looking to hire somebody, um, I'm looking to hire somebody right now. And that's the, because there's an opening, right? Well, if I see an advertisement that says, read this before you. Yeah, before you hire a VP, read this. Read, exactly. Right? So you see that ad and then, so they click on it and get a free, you know, whatever book, video. Um, if you're targeting presidents, you might, it might be video. Uh, you know, I just, people are so, uh, people don't read as much anymore. No, but it's really funny. So the Dan Kennedy, it, it is all about educating and motivating and what I call the buyer's journey. You're, you're helping them make the decision, right? Mistakes to avoid when hiring a VP. Uh, I use this offline. You and I were just talking was that uh, I got, um, I got my house. I moved into last October. We're talking about redoing the windows. So I had a window guy over here, right? So educate and motivate me. Right. So he, I, I call it a checklist. You know, here's a checklist of the, the, you know, three different types of windows to consider when replacing your windows. You can do, I don't know what they aluminum, vinyl, or wood, right? And you can have two pane or three pane. You can have the, um, heat resistant light stuff on there or not, right? You can have mullions or not having the, the dividers, right? Um, anyway, that's what he's doing as he's walking around my house is educating me and motivating me on, well, you could do, here are the pros and cons of this window. And of course, his checklist, well, you and I are talking offline, he sold wood windows, right? So there's vinyl windows, wood windows, fiberglass windows, and, and all wood. He sells all wood. So his checklist is, everything leads to buy wood windows. Yeah, he, You brought up a good point that said the weakness of a wood window is. You can't get lead, uh, pla- lead gold, platinum, or above certified in the house because um, lead requires all, um, it has to be green. And in order to use wood, you've got to cut down a tree. So they don't, that's not 
That's right. right. And that's, but that's not in the checklist he gave me. So I would, I would have had no idea of that. Right. But if you're selling aluminum windows, it's in there, it's in their checklist. Right. And that would have been his checklist, right? If you're selling aluminum windows, your checklist is a little different. The, the point is, is while you educate these people, you get to frame the education, which favors you. Like I said, go back to the recruiter. He has a 95% retention rate. So when working with a recruiter, ask the recruiter, what's his retention rate? Hopefully, you know, it needs to be 95 or above to be a, a good recruiter. Oh, by, you know, oh, by the way, I've got a 95 or above, right? So you're, you can frame the checklist around, you know, you want somebody with 40 years experience. He's got 40 years experience. You want somebody with a 95% retention ratio. You want somebody with experience hiring VPs, right? Check, check, check. I do all that, right? And you don't even have to tell them you do all that. You don't have to. At the end... There, first of all, by giving people the information, what it does is it positions you as the expert. As the expert already. And once you're, you're the expert, and if the fact that your window guy is educating you, this is the, this is the mistake of the window guy, if you will. Right. I'm going to pick on him for a moment. The mistake of the window guy is that you were not educated by the window guy before the window guy got there. Correct. That's the mistake because you should have already known the checklist or at least have read it so that absolutely everything he's saying to you is a repeat of what. Yes. So like a great example, we, my wife called, I don't even know where we got this window guy, probably referral. My wife gets referrals off Facebook all the time. There's little Facebook groups, the, the wives hang out in and Hey, we're looking to redo our windows. Has anybody redone their windows? And somebody says, yes, call this guy. Right. So then you're exactly right. When she calls this guy, part of his sales process should be, great, Miss Patty, we're going to come see you next, whatever today is, Thursday. In the meantime, can I have your email? I'm going to send you a, a, an ebook on how to choose windows, right? You're exactly right. Then we could have read that information before he got here, and then he would have said it to us a second time, which is reiterating his expertise. And that, if, if you got an incoming call, um, that means the people are in the market for windows, the lead magnet, this is my marketing mind immediately said, warning, warning, warning. The, the lead magnet in my mind would have to be, it would have to be why not to buy, if you sell wood windows, why you don't want aluminum, why you don't want vinyl, why you don't want, I mean, your lead magnet has to beat the crap out of your competition. Right. That lead magnet, because now there's a really good chance that, the person you and your wife are going to see other salespeople. And if you got a lead magnet that said exposes all the crap about aluminum and vinyl windows, like all the worst things, then what are you going to be asking the aluminum window guy? When he's all right. All those things from the checklist that says why aluminum windows are negative. Yeah. And, 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 and subconsciously you're going to go, I, I, I'm wasting my time with this guy. And the, the wood window guy maybe hasn't even showed up at your house. So lead magnets are, are time specific and, and you got to think of the, where your customer is. Are they, you know, there's different stages of awareness, I guess. Is I call it the buyer's journey. Where are they in their journey? Are they information? Or are they finally, Hey, I've looked at window, you know, aluminum and fiberglass and wood. We're going with wood. I want to go with you, Dave right? You're exactly where are you in the buyer's journey? I'm in the early stages of it, but he can help me make that decision by providing me education. He did it by verbal today. I don't even recall if he left us anything. Like, did he leave us a brochure that was an education material that said everything he said? 
that would be helpful, right? Something that said, why would, would windows are better? I, I don't, he might've, I don't know. I don't, he might've given it to my wife. I, I don't know. It's surprising that, see, this is, this is what people do in their business. Right. Here's a guy who has a hot lead. Right. And you're not sure um, whether he even left any marketing materials. Right. Um, you weren't educated going in. I'm guessing the window business is really competitive. I can't. I would think so. See how many business owners are leaving money on the table? Right. And what is his typical thing? Here's what the typical contractor does. I'll send you a quote. Yeah. I'll send you a couple different options because you can do this kind of window or that kind of window or yada. You know, there was something else. I don't know. There were, he's going to send us three different options or something like that. Can I, uh, did he ask you what your electric bill was? No. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, now he, if he's, if he wants to sell you low E glass, which is a super energy efficient um, glass, like an R20. Um, I think they're up to R20 on glass now. Um, but if he wants to sell you whatever the highest R rating of, of the glass is, well, if he knows your electric bill, he can say, Hey, by the way, um, here's, here's statistically 80% of all uh, heat and cooling losses happen at the windows. And if you buy these glass, it'll make your, uh, your electric bill go down by 22.9%, which will equate to a payback on these windows of, you mean my windows can pay for themselves? And all of a sudden- That's awesome, right. Why didn't he get your electric bill? See, there you go. That's, that's educating and motivating me as the buyer, right? There's more information than just, hey, I'm interested in windows, come take a look and give me a quote, which is kind of what he did, right? He got a little bit of education. I, I did get a little bit, yes but not enough. Like you said, he didn't pre-educate me. I don't know if he's educating me afterwards. And another way you just great, you know, you could have had an energy number to, to help educate me and motivate me some more. And show your return on investment. So, Hey, even though these windows are, you know, 40% expensive, right. will pay for themselves out of energy savings. That, that would be a great selling. That'd be a great selling point. Exactly. Right. Buy these lower, less expensive ones and they'll save you some energy, you know, maybe 5%. Uh, but these will save you, 22%. I mean, that's a great point. That's a great point. But that's the power of the lead magnet. That's the power of educating and motivating your prospects. You, you get to frame the discussion, you get to stack it in your favor. Right. And you made a great point. If I think of it, like you just said, he's leaving opportunities on the table. Cause what did he do? Come talk to me a little bit about windows, educated me a little, going to give me a quote. So that's kind of it. The, the way I say that really good, copywriting or marketing works right copywriting is the backbone of of marketing the way really good see when you read something your your our mind creates images if i write copy for this window business okay if i'm writing what's happening in the mind of the reader they're creating pictures yep. the beauty of good marketing is you get to paint the picture in your <laughs> client's mind. You, right. you get to paint the picture. You get to paint the result that, there's, that they want to have. If you can paint right. the result that they're imagining and they believe your company can give them the result and your marketing paints that picture of that result, I've now got the result. All I got to do is call ABC Windows and get, that's what good marketing does. And a lot of people don't think of marketing that way. They hire all these salespeople. I'm like, you're, you're, you're missing the point. If your marketing is done right, then your salespeople can sell 10 times more because 
It's magnetic marketing. I think it was Kennedy used to call it magnetic marketing. They're calling you, they're coming to you. Right. And so I did find out. So my wife had some very valid points that there's, we have our, we have a specific paint color for the trim of our windows. And she, when she wants the windows to be painted the same color, so that actually eliminates the aluminum window because it can't be painted. Right. I didn't know that. He now knows that, which actually helps him not, you know, not choose aluminum windows because you can't paint them. Right. So, well, it, yeah, it, if you, if you want to spend the money, you can custom order painted aluminum windows. They're typically from the higher up brands, but, uh, right. But they might not match our whatever tea greens, whatever, whatever. We don't just have black or brown or whatever. You know, we got some fancy color, right? So it has to match her color. Of course. So, of course. So, so, it, so you have to be able to customizable, paintable window is what Patty wants, right? So that way he could frame it as this one is the wood one is more customizable, you know, frameable, paintable, right? Yeah. But like we talked about, what is the problem I have? I got leaky windows and it's getting too hot in the front of the house, right? What's the, what's the, what's the result I want? I want windows up that match, that I can paint to match the rest of my trim that don't leak. There's the result I want. How can you make that as easy as possible for me? You know, we're gonna install them, we're gonna paint them for you, right? How can you make it as easy as possible? And as you talk about economical as possible, hey, you get the R3 or whatever you talked about, it's pays for itself in five years because I'm going to live here for 10 or 20, right? Boom, you could, you could write a lead magnet custom made for me. We need windows that look in the same. We're going to make it painless. It's going to look just like it does right now, probably even better. And it's going to bring your electric cost down, which makes it pay for itself in five years. Boom, I'm sold. Sign me up for tomorrow. So, but the, here's, the, here's the reality is you are not unique in your wants of what you want with your windows. Right. And that's what, that's what the window guy would know. Yes. So when the window guy knows that, so a, a good copywriter would go to the window guy and say, tell me how, how your clients think. What, what are, what's the results they're looking for? What the, and, yep. and you create all these checklists of, you know, what's the result they're trying to get to. And you don't want, you don't want to be hot or cold if you're sitting next to the window. Right. You don't want to feel like in the winter. I mean, you feel that cool air coming in. I mean, you don't want that. Um, you want your, you just bought new air conditioning. So you don't want, you know, them getting ruined because you got all this air coming in. I mean, you, all these little things you want, but yet he's just, I'll just get you a quote. The quote is the one thing you don't want. The one thing I don't care about, right? Because, because he could even make the argument that this is like you said, more expensive, but it pays for itself. Well, there's, there's your upsell. See, if, There's your upsell. if you have the, he's not going to have the opportunity to upsell if he doesn't have the, the little kicker that, you know, that's the difference between, um, it might be the difference between a profit margin of, let's just say 30% and a profit margin of 80%. You know, if he upsells the windows, he might be able to have a much bigger profit margin on, on the upsell and the upsell is more energy efficiency. But guess what? If you sell only sell those, his company would be enormously more profitable. Well, he right. needs to be really good at selling that. Right. And yeah. I'm just thinking this out loud would be make it easy for me. I don't want to worry about hiring a painter to paint the trim. So let Patty go. Window guy even does that. Ah, oh, we don't paint, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That would be a great thing for him to do. Patty has a specific color, go get the color and bring it here or tell him what it is and he'll buy it and he'll paint the windows for us. So now I literally have to do nothing. Just we're going to switch them out. 
next week and then they're painted and they're all done, I'd be like, right? Cause I don't want to do anything. I want, I'm the king of outsourcing. That's it. I, I um, when we built our last house in Ponte Vedra beach, not only did I buy the low E glass, I bought the Anderson windows, the hurricane glass. And so what made me do it was, I, I watched this video where they take a board and they fire oh, yeah. miles an hour. And it, yeah. I mean, it goes through the glass, but just barely. But right. so if you have a hurricane, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, if a hurricane comes, guess what? I'll be, I'll be sipping on a beer while all my neighbors are out putting up shutters. I, I don't have any shutters put up because they'll be screwing around and I'll be sitting here watching them on the front porch intentionally, probably. Uh, I would actually help my neighbors, but uh, that the point is, is not having to do that. And, but the cost was so much money. I mean, you can't imagine how much money you can spend on windows, but I'm uh, sure you're going to find out. I'm going to find out, right. I might do this in stages, the front of the house, the back of the house, the side of the house. Might do it that in was stages. 2009 when I bought those, 2010 when I bought those windows. So I think we spent 35 grand on windows for that house. <laughs> so, uh, so is it twice that now with inflation? I don't, you're not buying hurricane glass. The, well, that's true. Good point. I think it was probably $300 per window and you got we had double windows you know like top bottom so it was per window so it's like six hundred dollars extra per window for the hurricane glass so you're not paying that so you know it was like a thousand bucks a window yeah, that's what i was saying the frame you're probably not anywhere close to that i'm sure they're not quite as expensive so we shall but. see well, this is pretty good. All right. I think, I think we did it. So, so how Dan Kennedy, what do we call it? How Dan Kennedy made, made me $50 million. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the sales letter that, that I learned from Dan Kennedy, but that brought in 50 million. I don't, I don't know how we'll title this, but uh, um, you know, farewell, Dan Kennedy. Thanks for the 50 million. Um, I don't want to be flipping about it. I mean, it's sad that, no, I understand. but you know, there's also advantage to being able to say goodbye. I think sometimes, you know, some people would rather go quick. Some people would rather be able to say goodbye. He's at least got the opportunity to say goodbye to not only his fans, but probably his family as well. And uh, um, one thing is for sure that uh, we're all going to die. Uh, so the day you were born is the day you started dying, right? So, eventually <laughs> so all right, this was a pretty good one. But it goes back to almost like what we talked about. We got to identify the target market. We got to put together a lead magnet, which the lead magnet motivates and educates educates you on how to make a buying decision as they're in their buyer's journey. Where are they? And you can frame it the way you want. I call it like a checklist. You could frame that checklist in your favor. Yep. And that's how you're educated and motivated. And then by the time you make an offer, you're the uh, uh, obvious choice. Obviously they should choose you to do the windows. Obviously they should choose you to do the dentistry. Obviously they should choose you to be the financial advisor. Obviously they choose you to be the business coach because you know what you're doing. And obviously they should choose us to help them build their marketing systems and build wealth over the coming years. Obviously, obviously. All right, where can we find you, Dave? Find me at davidmulvaney.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm David Mulvaney on LinkedIn. So just, uh, you can do there uh, either way, so. Perfect, and I'm uh, Matt Hudgens over at LinkedIn and I got 10xprofitblueprint.com, 10xprofitblueprint.com. Lots of good videos at, uh, on our YouTube channel, Profitability MD. And yes. if you like this video, subscribe to the channel, ring the bell, and comment below, and we'd love to uh, hear from you. Perfect. All right, Thanks. man. We'll talk soon.